Check out the Political Truth Apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. Secretary of Snakes. And more to come. Fun. Fashionable. Edgy. Cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout. Good evening, America. How are you tonight? Welcome to another edition of the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C. Today is Thursday, October 6, 2022. I hope you're doing okay on your side of the screen. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the C Report, ladies and gentlemen. It's Thursday. I'm your host, Mr. C. You're watching live across the interwebs as I like to call them. And uh, it's time for another live edition of the show. I hope you're paying attention. If you're not, it's okay. I don't hold it against you. Don't hold it against me, right? Some people are just good at that. Hope you all are doing well tonight. We're live, of course, over at the Foxhold at pill.net. We're live, ladies and gentlemen, Odyssey, Trovo, Clout Hub, DLive, Rumble. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, I hope you're looking forward to the proceedings. There we go. Getting it lice and going, flowing, 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 going, going. Thanks for the uh, gold pills, Relanon. Always so grateful to have you along on the ride. 117, whoop, whoop. Thank you so much, Relanon. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, guys. We've got quite a show ahead of you all today. Hope you all caught yesterday's programming here at Mr. CTV. Did I say programming? Whoops. Pardon me. Excuse me. Right, I'm just I'm I apologize. I am making sure we're live where we need to be. Pilled, Foxhole, Rumble, Odyssey, Trovo. Good job, y'all. Welcome, Twitch. Howdy, howdy. 
Excellent. Everyone, come on in. The water's fine. If you're over at Pilled or if you are over at Foxhole, make sure you hit that repost button so people know where you're hanging out right now. Live, as it were. Repost, repost. Hit that repost button. Be like, hey, friends, I'm hanging out with Mr. C over at the C Report. What's he going to be talking about tonight, do you think, Mr. C over at the C Report? We've got some news stories. I mean, of course, President Trump leads here at the C Report as usual, as per always. I bring you this episode under duress, ladies and gentlemen, of a lack of a good night's sleep. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Stories from above. Uh, ben Sass gone. Uh, something about marijuana and uh, Putin. Putin seems to be the hot topic du jour, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's almost as if, though, they don't want us to focus on election integrity or exposing election fraud. At least that's what I would think. You know, I spent most of my day actually trying to uh, get uh, the C Report and Mr. CTV ready to go over at the platform known as QUIX Quicks. I um, shared that with you guys a lot quite yesterday. We did a couple of adverts. I said a few things, etc., etc., etc. I mean, they're pushing for a nine-day debut. Well, we're trying to get ready to roll today, guys. You know, I almost considered talking about formatting. I almost considered what type of a show I'd be presenting to you all tonight. I have quite a few stories lined up, but, you know, I was like nigh on doing a live digs type of a show. I was also nigh on doing kind of like a news breakdown type of a show. But then, you know, some of the people that listen to the show would be like, I didn't let you stay here forever just to do a news breakdown, Mr. C. I want you to do full duress, right? Like you're under duress. Like you have to deliver a good show or else it's curtains, Mr. C. No peace for you. All right. All hormones right up in your face. Um, so I, I've got, I've got some stories to share with you guys tonight. You know, most of my attention, and I think it's supposed to be this way, like this was the way it was supposed to be diverted towards Russia and Putin, you know, and my own personal truths and beliefs in that regard. You know, I actually pulled up an article for you guys to consider tonight about Putin and Russia. Okay. I don't know if we'll get there because, you know, I, we got a lot of stories, but I definitely pulled up this article, you know, that would have been along the lines of the live digs much more so than the um, prepared and delivered report under duress for you guys. But uh, we'll see if we get there. We'll see if we get there. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, okay, because... I didn't even get through the entire article. And again, this is an article that's written by, like, I guess, patriotic people who are standing for America. 
And they, they want us to have war with Putin for some, for some reason. They want us to go to war with Russia, these great American patriot people, these people who are standing on the side of making America great again and, uh, you know, uh, saving America, right? They want us to go to war with Russia for some reason or Putin. Or for some reason, they're siding with like John Bolton, which makes absolutely no sense. Why on earth would anyone take sides with the New World Order, Nazis, or John Bolton? I don't know. But for some reason, it appears that is what they want. So anyways, we might get to that today, guys. We might get to that today. All right. There was like, you know, yesterday I kind of mentioned it on some of the C Report channels, Mr. CTD. You might have caught wind of President Trump speaking at the America First Policy Institute Hispanic Leadership Conference. Would I be blackpilling to point out the fact that the America First Policy Institute does not care about the fraud that took place in 2020? All they care about is putting policies for America First on the table. Does that make any sense? Does it make any sense for you all to have an America First Policy Institute that doesn't care about the theft of an election in the country that they are trying to put policies first for? <laughs> is that blackpilling or is that telling you guys the truth? You tell me, okay? Anyways, uh, so President Trump spoke at the America First Policy Institute yet again yesterday at the Hispanic Leadership Conference. You know, actually, I was going to play that yesterday night since I had to uh, be off the air for This Is News right with the speak uneasy i hope you guys got to catch it to me it was a fun show some people thought i was berating speak i don't know speak you tell me was i berating you <laughs> anyways um america first policy institute i was going to play the speech yesterday but you know ended up being able to deliver quite Quite a great segment to you all anyways. Um, why is it that in the first week of October, we're suddenly hearing all about these Hispanic and Latino musings, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, Hispanic Heritage Month was last month, not the first week of October. Anyway. <laughs> But nevertheless, um, we had President Trump speaking in the first week of October at the America First Policy Institute, who seemed to have forgotten that Hispanic Heritage Month was September. Nevertheless, um, yeah, you know, good speech, you know, border stuff, etc. We also had Carrie Lake, who was engaged in a Hispanic Heritage Month um, candidates forum in Arizona with Katie Hobbs. You guys could probably guess what happened to Katie Hobbs on that one though, right? <laughs> Katie Hobbs seemed to have lost her way on the way to the Hispanic Heritage Month in the first week of October over in Arizona. She seemed to have lost her way. 
It's pretty bad, guys. It's pretty bad. When you have uh when you have a candidate's forum set up and only one of the candidates shows up. I don't know if you guys got to see the footage. Um, the footage was so bad, though, you would think that Latinos don't know how to handle a uh, video recorder or a microphone. <laughs> you guys got to see it. It was pretty bad, though. And then I think there was an article over at the Gateway Pundit where I guess Carrie Lake tried to recover from that. And she was talking about speaking in Espanolo muy poquito. <laughs> really bad, guys. So I don't know what's up with this um, this homage and this uh, um, and this um, reverence for Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, a month later and a week too short, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But all in all, good stories for tonight, I would have to say. Would have to say, guys, as the worm turns and we continue to uh, digest these folds of information, whether it's President Trump speak or whether it is some type of rhetoric about Russia and the New World Order, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm going to follow what I know to be true, okay, and not just run away with whatever types of peoples are giving you things to run away with. But let's get started with some of President Trump's speak tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. You know, it's very important to hear the words of your president, and as the evidence stacks in the um, opposite the opposite of the assurance that Joe Biden is the president of these United States and was duly elected, the opposite evidence stacks and mounts. It's important to hear the words of your president, ladies and gentlemen. Here's our first statement from President Trump coming from his Truth Social account. Truth is now available for Samsung smartphone users to download in the Samsung Galaxy Store. Thank you to Samsung for moving quickly. No need for unnecessary delays or politics. A big milestone for truth and freedom of speech. Join Truth today. That means that our gracious co-host, Java Java, Java Cosmic, can now have a Truth Social account on his Samsung smartphone account. <laughs> Yay, hooray, Skippy. Yippee Skippy, as Miss Piggy would say. Yippee Skippy for Samsung smartphone Galaxy Store users around the world. Get your Truth Social account today and join in on the fun. I mean, I'll be absolutely honest with you guys. You know, I am not a creature of social uh, media platforms. I'm doing the best I can. But uh, the uh, address is here on the screen. 
If you are a Samsung smartphone user and you have the Samsung Galaxy Store and you can now download the Truth Social app, MRCTV underscore, that's the, uh, that's the um, address I was given by Truth Social. I think I'm the only person on Truth Social that was given an address by Truth Social. <laughs> MRCTV underscore follow us there at Truth Social. Here is another statement. Now, you're not going to get a whole bunch of information about, you know, news over at My Truth Social. <laughs> Anyways, President Trump says must immediately meet with China on fentanyl and what they are doing and pouring it into the United States. It is ripping our country apart, killing 250,000 people a year. Cannot continue. I guess, you know, someone's got to meet with China about the fentanyl crisis here in the United States of America. I don't think it's going to be Trump. What do you think? Probably not, right? Probably not. Killing 250,000 people a year. That's a pretty big chunk of Americans that are falling by the wayside of death at the hands of the China fentanyl problem. Well, President Trump, I don't know who you're talking to there, but you might be talking to the Joe Biden administration if I had any guess. Here is another statement from President Trump. Great news for the United States Senate and our country itself. Little Ben Sassy. Why do you think he spelled the name Little Little like that? Why do you think President Trump spelled the word Little like that? Little Ben Sassy, I know his name is Sass, I call him Sassy, the lightweight senator from the great state of Nebraska will be resigning if he knew he was going to resign so early in his term. Why did he run in the first place? But it's still great news. The University of Florida will soon regret their decision to hire him as their president. Little Ben Sassy. I mean, we had senators seven and we had congressmen 10 who would rather have impeached President Trump. And now of the senator seven, Ben Sassy is biting the dust. Let's finish up with President Trump's statement about Ben Sassi. He says, We have enough weak and ineffective rhinos in our midst. We have enough weak and ineffective rhinos in our midst. But everyone always knew that Ben Sassy was a rhino, so I guess there was no use playing that rhino alert, huh? 
But President Trump is pointing out the rhinos in our midst. I look forward to working with the terrific Republican Party of Nebraska to get a real senator to represent the incredible people of that state, not another fake rhino. Is a Republican in name only a fake? Or are they legitimately rhinos? People want to know the answer to that question on the next C-Report. 8 p.m. Central tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, will you be there as we talk about Ben Sass and the fake rhinos? Or are they real rhinos? That's the question. Here's another statement for President Trump. This is really big stuff. When this came out, everybody said that they were conspiracy theorists, and now it turns out to be true. Congratulations to Byron York. Why is not the FBI and the Department of Justice doing something? This is a big piece of what they said happened, and it did indeed happen. Of all people, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon arrested him. Gascon could be a national hero on the right if he got to the bottom of this aspect of the voting fraud that is, after all, his job. He could change his image of being weak and ineffective and a George Soros stooge overnight. He would be a hero throughout our country. We would be raising the American flag to him. Go, George Gascon, go. No one smells like Gascon. No one yells like Gascon. No one gets off these uh, election fraud and China sharing information criminals like Gascon. Is that what you're talking about, President Trump? <laughs> Is President Trump talking about George Gascon. What is... Is that a ladybug, ladies and gentlemen? Crowning me tonight. Here. Come to me, ladybug. Oh, it fell. Okay, anyways. Anyways. George Gascon, ladies and gentlemen. George Gascon. What is President Trump talking about here? <gasps> ladies and gentlemen. Come here. I present to you. This is the C reports. Um, do you see it? <laughs> it's the C reports show. It's crawling on my ganglion cyst. Okay. It's it's the show. Um, um, what is it called? Mascot. <laughs> I have an inverse ladybug crawling on me. That's the show's mascot. Do you see it? You see it right there? It's an inverse ladybug. It's black and red, not red and black. Do you see it? 
Okay, just so you guys know, this is live. <laughs> Ladybug! Okay, Ladybug, don't pee on me. All right, okay, here, here, here. Oh, there it goes. It's on the screen. You can't see it, but I'm watching her. Don't worry. What should we call her, guys? Anyways, okay, I don't know that it's a woman. It could be a male. Black and red Ladybug. It's inverse, ladies and gentlemen. It's our show mascot. Get over it. And then all of a sudden, people who are going to put me under arrest are going to be like, you're not being professional, Mr. C. You're talking about ladybugs. Fuck you. Oh, did I say the F word? Fuck. All right. So when a conspiracy theory turns out to be true and not a theory, that is the question, ladies and gentlemen, that we're getting into here as we talk about... You know, we actually just talked about this story yesterday on the show. That is the story about George Gascon, you know, the new the Los Angeles Soros-funded district attorney arresting Eugene Yu or Eugene Hugh or he was the Conec executive of election software. Okay? This is story has uh, blown up for some reason. We just presented it yesterday. I can't tell you quite for exactly what reason it's blown up. But when a conspiracy theory turns out to be not a theory, but a conspiracy. Okay. This is an article that President Trump is bringing to our attention. He's doing it for a reason. It's from the Washington Examiner. It goes this way. When a conspiracy theory turns out to be not a theory, on Monday, the New York Times published a story about Conic, a small election software company that has just 27 employees, 21 of which are based in Michigan and six of which are based in Australia. The paper reported that Connick has been the target of election deniers who have made it the focus of a new conspiracy theory about the 2020 presidential election. Using threadbare evidence, or none at all, the New York Times' Stuart A. Thompson reported the election deniers said Connick had secret ties to the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to personal data about 2 million poll workers in the United States. You see where this is really starting to get to a big story. We're getting real time in real life um, publications fighting, vying, warring, shelling each other about their own information back and forth and back and forth. We're getting a story from the Washington Examiner and the New York Times fighting with the gateway pundit over this story about the conic executive who sent uh, this uh, personal identifying information to a Chinese server. Guys, this is happening in real time right now as we speak. We're seeing, we're seeing in real life information, disinformation, misinformation wars happening across printed publications in the real world. Isn't this not crazy, guys? Like, we're seeing information battles happening in real time, okay? 
article goes on, in the last two years, the New York Times added conspiracy theorists have subjected election officials and private companies that play a major role in elections to a barrage of outlandish voter fraud claims. But now the attacks on Connick demonstrate how far right election deniers are also giving more attention to new and more secondary companies and groups. Connick officials assured the New York Times that none of the accusations were true. Thompson reported that employees feared for their safety from far-right wing violence and that Connick's founder and chief executive Eugene Yu, an American citizen who immigrated from China in 1986, went into hiding with his family after receiving threatening messages. Any reasonable reader would come away with the conclusion that Connick, an innocent company that makes products to deal with basic election logistics, such as scheduling poll workers, has been the target of crazy and possibly dangerous conspiracy theories. To press the point, the New York Times used the phrase conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorists nine times in the article, once in the headline, how a tiny election company became a conspiracy theory target seven times in the body of the story and once in a photo caption. Got it? Fast forward one day, 24 hours later, the New York Times publishes another story about Connick. This one headlined, Election Software Executive Arrested on Suspicion of Theft which is a story I shared with you guys here on the C-Report. Thompson reported that you had been arrested by Los Angeles County officials in connection with an investigation into the possible theft of personal information about poll workers. From the New York Times, the company has been accused by groups challenging the validity of the 2020 presidential election with the storying information about poll workers on servers in China. The company has repeatedly denied keeping data outside the United States, including in recent statements to the New York Times. And then the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said its investigation had found data stored in China. And this is from the New York Times on the core of the matter. Connick came under scrutiny this year by several election deniers, including a founder of True the Vote, a nonprofit that says it is devoted to uncovering election fraud. True the Vote said its team had downloaded personal information on 1.8 million American poll workers. <laughs> from a server owned by Connick and hosted in China. It is said it obtained the data by using the server's default password, which it said was password. The group provided no evidence that it had downloaded the data, saying that it had given the information to the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Connick denied all wrongdoing. Yes, it owned a subsidiary in China, 
it conceded, but there have been no data breaches. Connick actually sued True the Vote for defamation and for stealing its data, and now Connick's founder and top executive is charged with doing what True the Vote said the company was doing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is crazy. We talked about this yesterday. I told you guys yesterday. I'm not part of the pit. If Connect software engineering manufacturers were listed as part of those doing the wrongdoing, is this part of the dissemination? Is this part of the information dissemination that Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote are doing? I don't know. But can you see how the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, mockingbird, propaganda, media press, legacy as they are, tried to throw a uh, confusing story into the mix? They tried to say what? That we were wrong and that Connick was innocent and they never did anything that they said that they were doing. But then as it turns out, that's exactly what they were doing as what True the Vote said. Ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to get you, they're trying to get all of you confused I mean, here I am fighting for True the Vote as I have fought for True the Vote from day one of this broadcast, in spite of the fact that they're hosting a whole bunch of people that say my assessment of Russia and Ukraine is wrong. And some people wonder why I've been having a day for the last two weeks. Figure it out yourself and stop being so sensitive. Article goes on to say, in a statement, Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon, that's right, George Gascon, stressed that Connick's alleged crimes did not affect any election results. The alleged conduct had no impact on the tabulation of votes and did not alter election results. Election results for who? George Gascon, election results for who? For the Gavin Gruesome Newsome recall election? Is that what you're talking about, George Gascon? Are you talking about the uh, primaries in California? What are you talking about, George Gascon? Because no one else here is being clear or true to the vote. Gascon goes on to say, Security in all aspects of any election is essential so that we have all full faith in the integrity of the election process. We'll see how the case progresses, says the Washington Examiner. But for the moment, look at it as a media story. Why does the New York Times appear so gullible in this matter? Why was it not more skeptical of Connick's claims? And why... Did it not at least signal to the reader that all might not be as it seemed? Probably because the first conic story, the Monday story, appeared intended more than anything to knock down those conspiracy theorists 
and election deniers who are the bad guys in the play. The New York Times appeared to have shifted into reflexive us-versus-them mode in an effort to defend the result of the 2020 election. But here's the thing. It is possible to believe that the 2020 election result, Joe Biden's victory, was legitimate and also believe that there were problems in a variety of areas of the election. After all, it was an unprecedented election. Amid the coronavirus pandemic, lawmakers and local officials around the country rushed huge, never-before-attempted changes in election procedures into effect for the voting. That is, they broke state and federal law. How could there be not problems? Indeed, we are still dealing with the after-effects of those changes, undoing some and reforming others. But in the conic story, the New York Times just jumped to the defense of the good guys against the bad guys. Why? The Washington Examiner's Tim Carney tweeted, It's the same reason everything about Hunter Biden's laptop was considered disinformation right away, deserving of a media blackout. In other words, the New York Times assumed a simple, unexamined, emotion-based assumption who the good guys were and who the bad guys were in the story. And in this case, it appears the New York Times got it wrong. So I thought I would share this article with you guys because apparently the article we ran yesterday about the conic executive who uh, was being charged, <laughs> apparently they're running fake news stories against it. And all of you all out there who listen to the stories are learning in real time a thing or two about how these fake news legacy outlets run their stories in an attempt to confuse you. Pretty crazy, isn't it, guys? Pretty crazy. So uh, let's get into a little bit of tonight's stories. Ben Sassy, Trump impeacher, set to resign. We heard a little bit about it from Trump's truths over at Truth Social. Ben Sassy did not quite get the child chompers that most in his position are accused of. Let's see what. Uh, let's see what um, NBC News has to say about Sass. Republican Senator Ben Sass expected to resign from Congress. Um, ben Sass of Nebraska, who frequently clashed with President Donald Trump, but won a second term in 2020, is expected to resign before the end of the year. That's in spite of the fact that his term ends in 2026, y'all. But he's expected to resign by the end of the year. Sass is expected to exit the Senate to take a new job leading the University of Florida, says the source. The senator and the university confirm that Sass is in talks for the job. It's a top job, and uh, this news broke on Thursday. The news was first reported by KFAB, KFAB talk radio host Ian Swanson 
a former SAS staffer who opened his show Thursday by announcing that his former boss would soon be resigning to take a job in academia. SAS won re-election in 2020, and his term is set to expire in 2026. But SAS has been at odds with Trump and his own party for years. As Trump ran for a re-election in 2020, SAS unloaded on him, saying the 45th president kisses dictators' butts, flirted with white supremacists, disparages women, mocks evangelicals behind closed doors, and treats the presidency like a business opportunity. After the January 6, 2021 false flag attack on the Capitol, Sass was one of seven Republican senators who voted to convict Trump for his role in the deadly riot. He specifically faulted Trump for intimidating election officials and repeatedly lying about widespread election fraud and the outcome of the 2020 election. Sass said at the time, those lies had consequences endangering the life of the vice president and bringing us dangerously close to a bloody constitutional crisis. Each of these actions are violations of a president's oath of office. In a statement on Thursday, Sass called Florida the most important institution in the nation's economical dynamic state. Washington partisanship, Sass said, is not going to solve these workforce challenges. New institutions and entrepreneurial communities are going to have to spearhead this work. If the University of Florida wants to go big, I'm excited about the wide range of opportunities. Senate Republican leadership has been alerted of the news, a leadership aide told NBC News. On Thursday afternoon, the University of Florida formally announced that its presidential search committee has unanimously selected SAS as the sole finalist to lead the university. Raul Patel, chair of the university's presidential search committee, said, This is right for the University of Florida, right for the state of Florida, and right for the SAS family. Ben brings intellectual curiosity, a belief in the power and potential of American universities, and an unmatched track record of leadership spanning higher education, government, and the private sector. The announcement kicks off a process spelled out in Florida state law that includes meetings between SAS and officials in Gainesville. After three weeks, the college's board of directors will vote on the search panel's recommendation. Then the Florida Board of Governors will vote to approve the pick. The source said, we anticipate that will be accepted by the end of the year, and then he would resign before the end of the year, and the Nebraska governor would select the replacement. The appointment, the appointed senator would serve until January 3rd, 2025. So get that straight, guys. As soon as Sass resigns, the Nebraska governor will appoint a replacement that will serve until 2025. 
Since Sass was just re-elected in 2020, a special election to fill the rest of Sass term would take place in 2024. So whomever's appointed would um, be in office until 2024, and whomever was elected at that time will fill in on January 3rd, 2025, when the appointed senator resigns. Sass, who is 50, and the former president of Midland University served the George W. Bush administration, was elected to the Senate in 2014. So there's some of your information on Ben Sass, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who might have been wondering. Hey, Sean Joe, what's up? Thank you for gifting the cookie. Sean Joe says, so Sass is leading the Senate after winning a six-year re-election. That's, that says something, doesn't it, Sean Joe? Doesn't it? Two years into the term, he ain't leaving because he wants to. Florida does not need another rhino piece of shit, says Sean Joe. I would have to agree with you on the shit part, Sean Joe. Sorry, I'm a little late, says Timbajet, brushing up on mentalize before the show. <laughs> Sadly, Nebraska governor is a rhino, says Sean Joe. Or the fifth tequila shot, says Timbajet. Good for you guys. Thanks for coming in and joining the show tonight. Just talking a little bit about Ben Sassy. Ben Sass and the, uh, you know, that's the thing there, Sean Joe, is if the, the Nebraska governor is indeed a rhino, who's he going to appoint, right? It's almost as if, though, this were meant to be, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the next story for tonight. And all I got to say in the headline is, you know, it is an election season, an election year. If something having to do with marijuana, that's right, marijuana is on the ticket and on the political tongues of all would-be elected representatives they are selected and they are officially selected to be our governors. We didn't select them, ladies and gentlemen. But you know it's election season and election year if marijuana is on the ticket, right? If anything dealing with marijuana is on the ticket, you know it's time to re-elect a Democrat. Right, ladies and gentlemen, right. Let's talk a little bit about marijuana and how people use it to hold others under duress, as if though it were that strong of a drug. Joe Biden, the president-select, has chosen to pardon thousands, thousands of federal cases related to marijuana crimes. Marijuana crimes, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's how you know it is an election season, ladies and gentlemen, because the establishment, be they Republican or be they Democrat, they'll start talking to you about marijuana, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the story. Joe Biden will soon pardon thousands of federal offenders on the simple crime of marijuana, ladies and gentlemen. 
Are you ready to re-elect Joe Biden with 81 million votes because he pardoned thousands of marijuana crimes? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the story. Timajit says the only way they could get re-elected right now is if the federal marijuana law was repealed. There's not enough time. You're right, Timbajet. The only time marijuana comes up on the ballot is when they want you to vote for their guy. And in this case, 81 million people voted for Joe Biden because of marijuana. Highly unlikely. Here's the story. Just so you guys know, we chose a legitimate outlet for this story. It comes to you from marijuanastocks.com. <laughs> Biden will begin to forgive federal prisoners for small cannabis possession. The fight for better cannabis legislation and federal reform has been a constant battle especially from President-select Joe Biden, who made campaign promises before being elected to do just that. However, illegitimate Joe... in a recent interview, spoke on the matter, delivering some major news. On Thursday, President-select Biden will begin the process of pardoning people with prior federal offenses for simple cannabis crimes. This is the action that has been said will affect thousands of Americans. Words from President-select Joe Biden. President-select Joe Biden said these words. Sending people to prison for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives and incarcerated people for conduct that many states no longer prohibit. Keep in mind, this is Joe Biden, the same guy who wanted the what? Um, mandatory minimums for marijuana possession is now saying what? Criminal records, says Joe Biden, for marijuana possessions have also imposed needless barriers to employment, housing, and educational opportunities. And while white and black and brown and people of color, Joe Biden, use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people have been arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionate rates. Has there ever been a bigger bout of hypocrisy at the state executive level in the White House than Biden? Biden, who passed mandatory minimums, is now saying it's disproportionate for colored people to be convicted and not whites? Lord Almighty, have mercy. Is this news, ladies and gentlemen? Is this news? Tam Growl says Tina Peters was in the foxhole, was she? Where was Tina Peters? I don't know. I don't listen to other people's shows. You'll have to tell me. And then I'll get her on my show. What about that? Anyways, okay. So getting back to the story at hand, Biden wants others to follow his steps on forgiving small cannabis offenders. Really, Biden? Is that what you want? 
Is that what you really, really want, Biden? Don't sound like it to me, but apparently it is. Biden has also said he is urging other governors to take similar measures to pardon state simple marijuana possession charges. In addition to having the Department of Health and Human Services and Attorney General Merrick Garland to expeditiously review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Ladies and gentlemen, I think President-Select Biden has just found the argument to re-elect him. In fact, I don't think 75 million, I don't think 81 million, I don't think 100 million, I think 300 million Americans will vote for Biden in 2024 because he has decriminalized marijuana. They have finally figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. They have finally figured it out. Now everyone will say that Joe Biden is the man. Joe Biden is the man. And they will vote for him 81 million times because he has decriminalized marijuana. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden is the man. He is the man that can. He will decriminalize marijuana. He and and the C report will no longer report under duress. Ladies and gentlemen, because Joe Biden is the man. Joe Biden is the man. Tam Growl, you still didn't tell me who the hell her show she was on. Anyways, tell me now. I want to know. We'll get Tina Peters on the C-Report. How about that? <laughs> so let's finish this article. The move stop of full decriminalization, which has enjoyed growing support among both political parties, but they are the first significant steps taken by the United States president toward removing criminal penalties for possessing marijuana. Let me tell you what, guys. Once marijuana is decriminalized every day, I'm going to be high on this show. Oh, no, Mr. C, you just got unprofessional. You're hurting your fucking shut up. Shut the fuck up. All right. Next, J Joe Biden is the man. That's what everyone is going to be saying, ladies and gentlemen, before you know it. Joe Biden is the man. He decriminalized marijuana. He earned all 81 million of those votes, ladies and gentlemen. I know, right? Everyone's saying the same thing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Joe Biden didn't earn any damn 81 million votes, right? Everyone's saying the damn same thing. Everyone's saying, Mr. C, shut the fuck up. He did not earn 81 million thousand votes. Joe Biden is the man, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden is the man. Awesome. Hey, Diddy had her on her show. Awesome. Go Diddy style. 90 whatever. Good job, Diddy. Good job. Tam Girl says Diddy had her on his show. Scott from Woke Society's co-hosted. And you mean Diddy could not handle Tina Peters on his own or what? <laughs> Good job, Diddy. Good job, Scott. Good job, Johnny. 
We'll get her. I'll do a one-on-one -on -one with Tita Peters. How about that? You know, I still have that ladybug, that ladybug um, uh, mascot crawling around my computers. We'll get Tina Peters. I'll do a one-on-one -on -one with her. I don't need a tag team, Tina Peters. <laughs> That's cool. I got to check that out. Thanks for the heads up, Tam Garowl, on that. I got to check that out. For those of you who uh, uh, are watching on any of the other networks, it's not peeled in Foxhole.app. We're talking about Tina Peters being on the Foxhole with Diddy Style 1990-something with two or three other hosts, apparently, to ask her questions. Go check it out. I'm going to check it out after the show today. You know, I actually have not asked Tina Peters to come on the show. She might be easier than uh, Christina Caramo. I think Christina Caramo has, like, a fortress of campaign workers around her that are not letting her on my show, even though she said she would come on my show last October. I've already asked her about four times since last October to come on my show, and I'm getting not a single word back on whether they're not. It's like they're not even getting my messages, right? They're not even dignifying a response from the Caramo camp, even though I've been supporting Christina Caramo before anyone else on Foxhole. Um, but it's not about Foxhole. It's about the Christina Caramo camp not letting her on my show anyways. Okay. She came on my show once last October, right? She said she'd be back on again. I've asked about four times since then. It's not happening yet. I don't know. Maybe maybe they will dignify my request with a response at some point in my email, but they haven't done that. They have not returned my phone calls either. I haven't I have I will re-ask her. Yes, you're right. Tam Girl says re I will re-ask Karamo until. She comes on my show. You guys know I've been supporting Christina Cramo here at the Sea Report before anybody else even knew who she was. Ladies and gentlemen, back in what, like May, June, July of last year, I was featuring Christina Cramo here on the Sea Report. I guess she only answers to uh, Steve Bannon's requests for interview or maybe her staff, her campaign staff does. Her campaign staff is making her look bad. She promised she would come back on my show, but her campaign staff is not letting her back on. Anyways, I'll ask Tina Peters next if she'll come on my show. You're right, Tam Growl. They get a lot of requests. A lot of requests. It's very easy to overlook mine. It's okay, though. I still love and support Christina Cramo, Tina Peters. I love and support every single America First candidate that has ever come across my desk. And I encourage everyone in their jurisdiction, precinct, district, state, to vote for them. Never mind whether or not they come on my show. It doesn't matter. Small potatoes here, guys. You guys vote for them. You guys restore America. Get your own states set up right. Perfect. To be fair, though, I've never asked Tina Peters to come on this show. Although you would think I would have done so last August when no one else was talking about her story but me. Anyways, okay. Well, not just me. Mike Lindell's well. It was Mike Lindell, ladies and gentlemen. He broke the story. Thanks for the can, Tam Growl. I appreciate you 
support. Let's talk about Alaska and this borough in Alaska that is going to ban electronic voting. Gateway Pundit's article is, it's happening. One borough in Alaska is doing it. That means everyone in America is. Hold your horses, please. Uh, this story is coming from Yahoo. Matt Sue Assembly bans voting machines for boroughs' elections starting next year. So someone in Alaska decided not to use voting machines. Let's see what's up. Matanuska Susitna Borough's general election. In what is apparently a first for Alaska, the Matanuska Susitna Borough Assembly passed an ordinance this week that will prohibit the use of voting tabulation machines for borough elections starting next year. The new Matsu ordinance approved Tuesday night caps off a months-long effort from a group of residents determined to ban the use of voting machines spurred on by false claims of election fraud. Last month, the assembly unanimously voted to use a hand count to verify the results of the November 8th election, but voting machines will still be used. Burroughs officials determined that it would be a great risk to stop using machines and mandate hand counting for this year's Burroughs elections because there would be inadequate time to, in, to properly prepare for a change of this magnitude, according to a memo filed with the legislation. Instead, those changes are set to be in place for next November's municipal election. The new ordinance will require hand counting of ballots on election night at each of the borough's 41 precincts with election workers calling results in instead of counting taking place at the borough's office in Palmer. Some assembly members raised concerns that transporting ballots before they are counted could increase the risk of vote tampering and fraud. No other boroughs appear to have taken similar steps, according to the Alaska Municipal League and the Matt Sue Borough Clerk. The charges will not apply to the state or federal elections in the Valley, which are run by the State Division of Elections. Republican Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer, who is the top election official to oversee the state's elections, wrote an opinion piece for the Daily News in June to dispel misunderstandings about fraud and how voting works in Alaska. There continues to be misfortune, misinformation that our Dominion equipment changes votes and reports fraudulent results. This is simply untrue, he said. We do not use voting machines. Rather, we utilize ballot tabulators that are connected to the internet and simply count the vote to paper ballots. Lonnie McKenney, the Matt Subaru clerk, issued a similar statement earlier in the year describing the election's integrity protocols in place. Those included only using paper ballots, locking systems on tabulation machines to prevent tampering, and an overall election review process by the Canvas board. That did not reassure people testifying at Tuesday's assembly meeting who vehemently opposed voting machines and supported hand counts with loud applause after each testifier.
A common refrain was that the machines cannot be trusted. Some echoed disproven conspiracy theories that prove that fraud or hacked voting machines cost former President Donald Trump the 2020 election. The Valley has long been a conservative stronghold in Alaska, and 85% of Big Lake voters cast a ballot for Trump two years ago. Republican legislators in at least six states have introduced legislation to mandate hand counting of ballots and ban voting machines. Similar debates have been going on at the county level, including in the battleground state of Nevada, where a legal challenge has been filed against a rural county that has moved to start hand counting mail-in ballots two weeks before election day. The lone vote against Tuesday's ordinance came from Assemblymember Stephanie Nowers, who was heckled. Nowers said that we're all on the same page, but she did not want to rush a vote. Instead, she called for another meeting in February to review how hand counting had vote worked to verify this year's borough election results. That idea was rejected. It was rejected, ladies and gentlemen. Rejected. The borough had signed an eight-year agreement, and the idea, rejected, was now planning a special meeting on January 17th to clean up the borough code when it comes to elections. As an example, McKinney said references would need to be removed to a review board which was in charge of checking vote registering machines. The borough had signed an eight-year agreement with the state to lease 46 Dominion voting machines at a cost of $72,257 per year, but that will end on June 30th. The addition of hand counting this November to verify borough election results is estimated to cost roughly $7,000, but it's unclear how much it will cost to solely use hand counting for an election. The borough is expecting to save money by not leasing voting machines from the state. McKinney said she is focused on this year's borough's election, but expects that there will be some added complexities with having hand counting at precincts, including sending out a fresh set of election workers to replace those who ask or who have worked all of election day. They're going to be exhausted. They're going to already have worked probably 16 hours. So there'll be some training for the new officials to go out and train how to count. At a state level, 270 precincts use Dominion voting machines to count votes. Another 131 precincts, mostly in rural areas of the state, hand count ballots. Hoping to calm election fraud concerns, Meyer ordered an unprecedented audit of statewide results in 2020 to show that Alaska's voting machines were counting accurately. The audit had election workers hand count each of the 361,400 ballots cast 
And they came up with a total of 24 votes that were different from the results certified by the Division of Elections. So saith the precincts in that election. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Somehow that had to do something with what? Alaska banning electronic voting machines. Ladies and gentlemen, what is this on the screen here? Adam Shifty Shift, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Shifty Shift. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring up our next item of... Um, what is this? Oh, that's upcoming, my bad. Nevada, look out, Nevada. Look out, Nevada. Looks like we've got a Trump rally coming your way on Saturday. Sounds like fun. Ladies and gentlemen, All right, and so let's see what we got coming up here for you guys next. Oh, goodness. Blueberry and don't even talk to me about blueberries and counting blueberries, ladies and gentlemen. Don't want to know it. Don't want to hear it. Okay, let's see here. All right, guys, and this is what we got coming up for you next here at the Sea Report. Just hang tight. While I pull it up for you. So much upcoming, so much doing. There we go. All right, we got it. How you guys doing out there today over at peel.net, foxhole.app? All right, y'all. All right. Now we did have President Trump speaking. I said it, I said it at the beginning of today's episode, speaking at the America First Policy Institute for. Latino heritage, ladies and gentlemen, a speech you surely cannot miss. And we'll get that ready on the board for you all. Here we go. Excellent, ladies and gentlemen. It's beautiful. Check it out now, live and in color. President Trump speaking at the America First Policy Institute Hispanic Leadership Conference. You might have missed it, but not today. People, bienvenido, bienvenido. I have to say that. And the Hispanic Impact Panel, and sit down, everybody. We'll be here for a little while. We want to talk. What the heck? What else do we have to do today? We're going to talk. We have plenty of time, and I appreciate such a great turnout. A lot of press. Whoa. 
They must be expecting. They must be expecting something very big to be. Ooh. They got the whole group back there. We're grateful to be joined as well by representatives Mario Diaz Bellart, my friend. Thank you very much. Where's Mario? Stand up, Mario. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Carlos Jimenez, Carlos, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And former SBA administrators, Linda McMahon, she's a legend and she was so great. She did such a good job. Thank you. And Jovita, where's Jovita? Jovita, she has been incredible. She made small business administration into big business administration. Jovita Carranza. And thank you very much. And former acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf. I think we could use Chad in a position over there right now as people pour into our country by the millions. Where's Chad? Thank you very much, Chad. Thank you. And uh, people are pouring into our country by the millions and millions and millions. And we have no idea who they are, where they come from. It's a horrible thing happening to our country. State Senator Alina Garcia. Where are you? Where are you? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Great, great job you're doing. Becoming a legend. <laughs> Incoming Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives, a fantastic person, Danny Perez. Danny, thank you, Danny. Good job, Danny. Great job. Candidate for Miami-Dade County Commission, Kevin Cabrera. Kevin, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, a friend of mine, he's uh, just, you just don't want to fight him. Jorge Masvidal. Hey, don't get into a fight with him. I'll fight Steve Cortez, though, but I won't fight Jorge. I won't fight a champ. I'll fight Steve. But you're a champ in other ways, right? And Lee and Denise Rizzuto, uh, the, what a great businessman. Conair. Conair. You ever hear anybody uses, you know, I use it to dry my beautiful locks. Conair. And uh, two incredible, incredible people and a great businessman. And we appreciate it very much you being here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Denise. And also many distinguished guests, incredible, really, really successful people, largely in this case in the Hispanic community. And it's uh, just a great community and it's going more and more. I know it's going more and more for Trump, but I think it's going more and more for the Republican Party. And they should be, actually, when you look at what's happening. Let me begin today by expressing our boundless sympathy and love for everyone affected by the horrific devastation of the recent monster hurricane. It was a monster. Our hearts ache for every person whose home was damaged or destroyed, for every community that has been so horribly ravaged, and for every family that has lost a precious loved one to this terrible storm. And it's turning out to be a number that we're not happy with at all. It's a big number. And you could see that when you look at the devastation, it had to be a big number. It's terrible. We also thank God for the Coast Guard and the National Guard, law enforcement always, and first responders and countless others who have stepped forward in this time of need. And God bless our governor and God bless all of the mayors, all of the mayors. And they're all working so hard and they're heroes. And uh, we're going to get through this in Florida. Nobody can believe a storm of that magnitude and uh, the kind of damage it did. We will persevere through this challenge and we will rebuild and come back 
together as one nation will be stronger and better, but we still pray for those lives that have been lost because that we cannot bring back. That's the one thing we cannot bring back. As we continue to pray for a swift recovery, we're here this afternoon to celebrate one of the fastest growing groups in the entire country, proud Hispanic conservatives and Republicans. The left, the media, and the Washington establishment, they never saw it coming. You never saw it coming, did you, CNN? <laughs> but today, Hispanic Americans are joining our movement by the millions and millions and millions. Hispanics are rallying to our cause for a simple reason, because you love America and you believe in America and you know that the time has come to stand up and defend America and everything it stands for. Generations of Hispanic citizens have helped forge our communities, found our churches, build our small businesses, and police our streets, teach our children, protect our borders, serve in our military, and lift up our nation in a million different ways. There is no industry that Hispanic Americans have not made stronger and better. And we have so many representatives in that room who lead those industries like Bob and so many others. It's really incredible. There is no city that Hispanic Americans have not made better. And there is no part of America that has not been uplifted by Hispanic Americans and not made greater. The Hispanic community is a blessing to our nation. But today we are watching as everyone. We worked so hard. We all worked so hard to build together as absolutely being ripped apart. We are now, and it's a very sad thing to say, a nation in decline. We are a nation in decline. So sad to say it, we are a failing nation. America is supposed to be the land of hope and freedom and opportunity. But under the Biden administration, it has become a land of recession, probably depression. And when you think of it, repression and misery and fear, it's actually become a nation of fear. Over the next 12 months, inflation will cost average families more than $8,500 each. Who would ever think that's possible? Could be worse than that. Among all demographic groups, according to the Federal Reserve, inflation is hitting Hispanic Americans the hardest of any group. Wages for Hispanic Americans declined by nearly 4% last quarter. Think of that. Under Biden and the radical left Congress, 26 million low-income households have had their life savings completely wiped out, obliterated. Household wealth has seen the largest drop ever recorded, $6.1 trillion last quarter alone, and it could be much higher than that when the final numbers come in. The stock market has lost $7.6 trillion in value, and your 401ks, I don't have to ask you, are doing terribly. Meanwhile, the murder rate is the highest in many, many years, and the number of Hispanic homicide victims is up 40% since the radical left began its anti-police crusade two years ago. The big banks like Chase and like Bank of America have done much less for the Hispanic community than they should. They've gone woke and they should be penalized very severely for it. The banks have let the community down. I think they've let the country down. Biden is not only wrecking our economy, he's destroying the rule of law. 
You probably read and heard about the document hoax. Has anyone heard about the document hoax? Helicopters flying over Mar-a-Lago? Well, they've given us about $5 billion worth of free publicity, I will say. People said, that's a nice house. If it weren't so nice, they probably wouldn't be doing it because, you know, it gets ratings. When they look, they said, that's a beautiful place. They raided and broke into my home. Everyone knows we've done nothing wrong. They are targeting me because they want to silence me, silence you, and silence our amazing Make America Great Again movement. There's never been a movement like this in the history of our country, not even close. The weaponized Department of Justice and the politicized FBI are spending millions and millions of dollars on this continued witch hunt, which started in various forms, all different forms, Russia, 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 Impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the Mueller report, which ended in no collusion at the end of $48 million and two and a half years. But it was in various forms on the day I came down the golden escalator in Trump Tower many years ago. So how do we know this document hoax is indeed a hoax or a charade? Just look at how every other president has been treated when they left office. They've been given all the time needed and complete deference when it came to their documents and their papers. No other president has been harassed and persecuted like we have. I speak on behalf of you too. Barack Hussein Obama moved more than 20 truckloads, over 33 million pages of papers, classified and unclassified, to a poorly built and totally unsafe former furniture store with no security whatsoever. Bill Clinton took millions and millions of documents from the White House to his home in Arkansas. No security. Then it was reported that NARA, you know what NARA is? National Archives, you know that. NARA, which is a radical left-run agency, I don't know if you know that, radical left, seriously radical left, lost a whole hard drive of information from the Clinton White House. Ooh, I wonder what was on there. Lost is in quotes, quote, it lost. They're still searching for it. This is many years ago. They're still searching for it, but you can just imagine. And NARA is so woke and broken that they even placed a warning label on, of all things, the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence claiming that these great American documents contain harmful language. That's a beauty. That's up there with taking the name George Washington off the high school. George W. Bush transported millions of documents from the White House to an unguarded warehouse in Texas. The records of George H.W. Bush administration were moved to a bowling alley that was combined with a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and remember, Mar-a-Lago is not only walled off, very secure, and totally safe, but it's also guarded by dozens of very strong and powerful U.S. Secret Service agents. Although, if you listen to this one very sick individual, in order to get the Secret Service to take me to the Capitol, I grabbed one around the neck and I, and you know, I almost didn't want to dispute it because a lot of people said, I never knew you were that physically tough. 
this guy was a tough guy that I supposedly grabbed. If I grabbed him around the neck, I think I would have been in serious trouble. I would have needed Jorge to bail me out. No, they make up things, and uh, when they find out it's a phony story, they don't want to put it down that it was a, it was a totally made. Can you imagine that? That was a step too far. You know, sometimes they go too far, and people say, "Oh, that couldn't have happened. That could not have happened. That didn't happen." And of course, we cannot forget that. Crooked Hillary Clinton completely deleted at least 33,000 government emails, many classified, after receiving a congressional subpoena. This is after she gets a subpoena from Congress, and she deletes 33,000 emails. And her lawyer said, well, those emails had nothing to do with anything except for her daughter's wedding and yoga, right? <laughs> she was studying yoga. Think of it, 33,000, that's a lot of work. But nothing happened. They didn't do anything, right? But with me, they do things. She used bleach bit. You know what that is? Very expensive process. Nobody uses it because it's too expensive to make sure that you never find the emails. But they're around. We'll find them. They'll come out someday. They're in the State Department, in my opinion. And then she proceeded to have her staff destroy her phones with hammers. They pounded the hell out of them. I don't know how they found out. I think they found a couple of them. They didn't even recognize them as phones. So they did a very good job, actually. But they found them. But now the failing Biden regime wants to start investigating me. And the only reason is because I'm leading everybody in the polls, both Republicans and Democrats, by a lot. And I just say this, uh, when should we expect, you know, this is many years now, when should we expect a Bush one document investigation? Yeah, it's a long time. And how about a Bush two document investigation? And when is Bill Clinton investigation starting? And are there beginning to look at Obama warehouse investigation? When is that, next week or this week? How about this week? There's definitely no doubt that Hillary should have perhaps been charged. They decided not to even think about it. The document hoax is just that. It's a hoax and a charade, and I'm being unjustly, illegally, and unconstitutionally targeted. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. You know that? And right, Chappaqua. Only a Hispanic could say that. Who said that? Stand up, sir. Ray Chappaqua. That's, that's a very interesting idea. But because they know we're right and uh, we will win and we will continue to win at every level. And that's what we've been doing. But I wanted to just give that as a little brief statement. When you think of the uh, unfair table setting, when you think of how unfairly we've been treated, we as a group have been treated. It's just terrible. And we have to bring our country back. We have to stop the weaponization because the people of our country are hurt. They're angry and they're sad. Our country is a very sad country right now. They've seen what's happened in two years. I say, and I say it quite often, no president. You could add five of them together, take our five worst. They haven't done damage to this country like has been done in the last two years. True. So ladies and gentlemen, we are on a mission to restore the republic to greatness for the Hispanic Americans and for all Americans. We're talking about all Americans. We had it prior to the uh, China virus coming in, I call it because I want an accurate name as opposed to COVID. But we had a country the likes of which has never 
nobody ever came close to us. We were doing numbers that were incredible. We were just destroying China and everybody else in terms of our percentage, in terms of our financials, in terms of everything we were doing. We were, you know, they always said China was going to catch us in 2019. We were gaining on them. I said, if we have intelligent presidents, we'll never be behind China, even though they have slightly more people than we do, like about a billion more. They have 1.5 billion. We have actually, our country is so crazy now, we don't even know how many we have. We have no idea. Because I believe the number of people that came into our country and will come in this year is 10 million people, not 3 million. Could even be 12 million people. We have absolutely no idea what it is. So it's hard to say how many people we have because we have no idea how many people have come into our country illegally. But we already know what we must do. That we know. Our America First agenda is a proven path to safety, opportunity, and success can bring our nation back from the brink of ruin. Our nation is at the brink of ru ruin. We're going to be Venezuela on steroids. I used to say that two years ago during the campaign. I'd say, well, we're going to end up being Venezuela on steroids. You know what happened? Because Venezuela 21 years ago was a very prosperous country, and today it's... Uh, Horrible, of course, we'll make it prosperous again because we don't take our oil that's under our feet, Pamela, right? We don't take what's under our feet. I call it liquid gold. We go to them to get far inferior product that we refine in the United States. You know, we have the only refiners because what they have is tar. It's very rough. It's not light and it's not sweet. It's rough stuff. And they talk about the environment. So they're going to Venezuela to get stuff that's really bad. It's refined in the United States. So if there is anything goes in the air, it goes in the air in the United States. But even if it went to another country, it blows over. The whole thing is so crazy. What they're doing is so crazy. So we're begging Venezuela. We're begging Saudi Arabia. We're begging everybody for oil. And we have more than everybody right under our feet, liquid gold. Over four incredible years, we did more for the Hispanic community than any administration in the history of our country. Under our leadership, household incomes for Hispanic Americans reached an all-time high, and the Hispanic American unemployment rate reached an all-time low. That's a nice combination, right? And they were big numbers. Over 1.5 million Hispanic American citizens were lifted out of poverty. Hispanic American poverty hit the lowest rate ever recorded. Under our leadership, the household wealth of the median Hispanic family grew by an astounding 65%. That's in a short period of time. And if you looked at it just prior to the plague coming in from China, the numbers were numbers that nobody could even believe. I remember a very famous pollster, very well-known. John McLaughlin came to my office just prior to the plague coming in. He said, sir, if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came alive from the dead and they formed a president, vice president team, you would beat them by 40%. That's how good our numbers were. And then we did it again. We went through that horrible. We did uh, I mean, we did so many incredible things, and the stock market was higher when we handed it over, unfortunately handed it over for what? The stock market was higher, think of that, was higher than, frankly, than it is now also, but it was actually higher than it was prior to the plague coming in. So it's an, it was an amazing thing, but I'll never forget that.
because that would be a tough tandem. George Washington and Abraham. Ladies and gentlemen, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln have announced that they would be running for president and vice president. I would say, oh, man, that's tough. That's a tough one. Home ownership among Hispanic Americans reached the highest level in history. And to make it easier to start and grow a family, we doubled the child tax credit for 40 million Hispanic Americans. We doubled it up. We slashed taxes and regulations for countless Hispanic-owned small businesses. And in all fairness, we did for the entire country. We got the largest tax cut in the history of our country, larger than the Reagan tax cut. It's the largest tax cut. And now they're going to be doubling your taxes. And if you add the damage of inflation, uh, that's like a quadrupling of your taxes. Under my administration, the annual revenue of the average Latino-owned small business increased by a staggering 85% before the pandemic. The Hispanic American high school graduation rate reached an all-time high, highest in history. And the dropout rate reached, again, an all-time low. And we did all of this and more by cutting taxes, slashing job-killing regulations, demanding fair trade for the American worker. We got rid of the horrible NAFTA deal. We replaced it with USMCA. They want to renegotiate the deal now. Mexico and Canada want to renegotiate the deal. That's how I know it's so good. I knew it was great. It's one of the great deals ever made in trade. We made a great deal also with China. I just don't talk about it because after the after the plague came in, I don't know. I don't even talk about it. We made an incredible deal for our farmers and our manufacturers, but I don't even talk about that one. That was a great deal, though. Still in existence. I doubt they're probably adhering to it so much anymore because they have to respect leadership in order to adhere to it. But they adhered to it when I was there. $50 billion worth of purchases. And unleashing American energy to unlock the American dream because the American dream is rapidly leaving but for the Hispanic Americans, it'll never leave. You people never give up. You don't give up. You know, very entrepreneurial people. Nobody says that, but you're very entrepreneurial, amazingly successful, incredible, energetic, uh, but very entrepreneurial. The moment we restore the American first policies, the economy will take off like a rocket ship. But to fully restore our economy, we must first restore public safety. We have a very unsafe nation. You see it every night on television. You see scenes that we've never seen where hundreds of people run into stores, knock the hell out of everyone and grab everything. And within minutes, the entire store is emptied out. And they don't allow the police to do their job. They destroy the police if they do. They take away their pension. They take away their job. Their family is destroyed. We have to let the police do their job. We have to give police back their respect and their safety. And we have to do it now. And without safety in our country, safety on our streets, and without allowing police to do their job as they can only do it, not defund the police, just defund the police. They're starting it again. They're starting it again. Defund the police. They really believe this. These people are insane, or they hate our country. I don't know which. Maybe it's both. They <laughs> say both. I think so. But there can be no prosperity without safety. That's why Hispanic Americans have no interest in whatsoever, just whatsoever in defunding. Latinos do not want reimagined. We don't want reimagined public safety. They want to reimagine it. Oh, somebody's breaking into our house. In a couple of cities, it takes hours to respond, hours. I don't want to mention which ones, but you know, you've been reading about it. 
one city takes four hours prior to getting there. Boy, can you imagine what these people are going to do to innocent Americans, innocent people? It's, it's just horrible. Four hours for the police. I'm sorry we can't be there for four hours as somebody's breaking your door down. Like all Americans, Hispanic Americans want law and order. That was the thing that they missed when I ran in 2016. We did better in 2020, by the way, by a lot than we did in 2016, getting millions of more votes. We did much better. You know, they said somebody, one of these people said to me, what was the difference between 2016 and 2020? What did you do differently? Meaning, you know, like you won in 2016. I said, well, the difference is we got millions more votes in 2020. We'd actually ran a much better campaign. But uh, when you look at what's happened and when you look at all of the things that are going on, we have to get back to common sense. People ask me, are you a conservative? I say, you know what I am? I'm a person with common sense. I want to see borders. I want to see great education. I want to see a strong military. I want to see things that are, I want to see a strong police force so that bad things don't happen. The next Congress must pass emergency funding so we can hire thousands more police officers nationwide and put violent criminals behind bars and keep them behind bars. Leave our police alone. Just leave our police alone. Give them back that respect. They all know what to do. It's something I stress it and I stress it again and again and I'll say it again and again because we have to do that. I mean, I see strong cops watching and looking at people ravaging stores and ravaging cities and they want to do something so bad and they're told you better not do it. Everything is on the line for you. You better not do it. Securing our streets also requires securing our borders. One of the worst lies of the radical left is that Hispanic Americans want open borders. See, when I ran, I was talking about a wall. <laughs> You're right about that. No, but when I ran, I said the wall. And you know who was the first to embrace it? And we built an unbelievable amount of wall and we completed that whole thing. And then we said, we have to build more. And in three weeks that could have been completed. And we had the strongest border in history. But what they said is, oh, you're going to lose the Hispanic American vote. I said, but I have to do what's right. And it was just the opposite. I didn't do it because I thought I was going to get it or not do it. I was just doing what had to be done. And we did it and we had the best numbers ever. But we also had the best numbers along the border. We had the best numbers for Hispanic Americans that anybody's ever even imagined. In 2020, we won... I think every single border town, and I was called by the governor of Texas, who's doing a very good job, and hopefully we're not going to have Beto, who says no guns, no God, and no oil. Think, how does a guy run in Texas say no guns, no God, no oil? No, think of it. But the governor called me. He said, you know, you did something that's unprecedented. You want every single area along the border. One, not to, I didn't go to 30% or 20%, you know, which was a lot more than Republicans had done. We won. And he said, not since Reconstruction. I said, you can you define Reconstruction as the Civil War? I asked that question. He said, yes, not since the Civil War has anybody done anything like that. I said, that's a long time. Could we say from the beginning, the very beginning, or do we have to only go back to the Civil War? He said, I don't know beyond the Civil War, but... He said, not since Reconstruction has anybody done that. You can look at the numbers. It's incredible. And we're continuing that. And I think we're even more popular right now, Bob, with the Hispanic population. Hispanic Americans are 
really, uh, first and foremost, in so many ways in our country, the job they've done. They, they want great jobs. They want rising wages. They want safe neighborhoods, outstanding schools. They want drug-free communities, all of which require a policy of strong border security. And if you want uh, drug-free, you know what you have to do. We're going to talk about it in a second, but two years ago, we had the strongest border American history. Now, I believe we have the weakest border anywhere in the world. I don't think there's a third world nation that has a border where millions of people are allowed to pour in. If they had to use rocks and stones, they're not going to let it happen. We have millions and millions, and nobody has a clue where the hell they're coming from. And as you know, the communities most affected by illegal immigration are the Hispanic communities, and the Hispanic people knew that. The pollsters didn't know that. The writers didn't know that. They may have known it, but they don't write it, so we expect that anyway because we have a very dishonest press. Very, very dishonest. Hispanic American. Now the cameras start to go off. Those red lights. They go, here we go. Let's turn off the cameras. Hispanic Americans understand that there's nothing compassionate about empowering human traffickers and child smugglers who extort, rape, abuse, and even sell migrants into slavery. There is nothing virtuous about surrendering America's borders to transnational gangs and murderers and criminal cartels. Tough people. They're making a fortune. By the way, they're making more money than the biggest people on earth. You know, you look at some of the big businessmen. Oh, I have such respect. These people are making more money than all of them because of our stupid government. Stupid, stupid government. Some of our nation's closest neighbors are being literally destroyed by these gangs and these cartels. An estimated 100,000 Mexican civilians have been horrifically murdered or disappeared. It's the, most, uh, it's the most unsafe country right now, sadly, in the world, Mexico, at the hands of the drug cartels. I get along very well with your president. I have a very good, he's a, he is a socialist, but you know what, I still, I really liked him. I got along with him fantastically. I think he's a great gentleman, different persuasion, but a great gentleman. But he's having a tough time with that, and uh, hopefully he's going to get it. But he's a good man, and he wants to get it. But not to mention the millions of people harmed and killed by their deadly poisons coming out of, a lot of them coming out of China. And I had that pretty well stopped, too. We were stopping the fentanyl. I said to President Xi, we have to stop it. This is like an act of war. We're going to lose 250,000 people, in my opinion, this year to drugs. Not 100,000 that you always hear. It's been 100,000 for 20 years. It's going to be 250. There's no war like that unless you get into nuclear war and we're in big trouble because a thing like that could happen. If we're so stupid, a thing like that could happen. This is one of the greatest assaults on human life and human dignity of our time. It's happening at the border. What's happening with the drugs? It's being inflicted upon Mexico also and other nations of Latin America at the hands of the drug cartels and their allies in the Democrat Party. They're allies. Democrats' open border policies are funneling these vicious cartel billions and billions of dollars, the money, with which to oppress and massacre and terrorize innocent people in other countries. And it's so preventable. We had it at a level that would have been, by this time, I think we would have wiped them out. I was told that Somebody leaked, you know, they leak when they get paid a lot of money. 
They're great Trump people. And then they say, we'll give you a million dollars if you want to say something bad. You know, when they want to write a good book, nobody's interested. When they, then they say, well, we'll pay you a lot of money if you say bad. Well, and some of them go over to the dark side. They'll say, I'll take it. But they leaked that I wanted to hit the cartels with missiles. And everybody, he just said, why not? Yeah, who stand up? Said, da, da, da. And everyone said, oh, what a terrible thing to say. And then a lot of people said, well, that's a good idea. They would say, that's a good idea. No, they, somebody leaked that I wanted to do that. I won't say I don't comment on things like that. It shouldn't be leaking out, but people get paid a lot of money. You know, in other administrations, nobody cared. There was a lot of leaking in all of them, I think, Pamela. But, you know, nobody really cared. When they leak on my administration, uh, some people think it's so glamorous, it's so great. So it's a little bit different, but no, they leaked out that I wanted to hit him with Patriot missiles during the day when everyone's in there working hard, when the, when the guys that are taking billions and billions of dollars a year are counting up their cash. Under my administration, we declared war on the cartels. That was a war, and it was a very effective one, and it would have been over fairly quickly until this horrible result happened in the election, partnering with 22 nations in the region. We achieved the largest surge of military assets in the Western Hemisphere and in modern history. I sent the Navy, the Coast Guard, and the Air Force to intercept narco traffickers. Nobody's ever done anything like what we did. Never got, I don't think it ever got written about what we did on the seas because they started they were having a hard time at the border with the wall and with the fact that I got Mexico to put up 28,000 soldiers to guard our territory while we were building the wall. They didn't want to do that. And they said, we're not doing that. We wouldn't even think about doing that. I said, that's okay. We're going to tariff all of your cars at the rate of 25% a year. They said, we would love to give you soldiers free of charge. <laughs> would be a great honor to give you the 28,000 that we just rejected under no circumstances. They said, under no circumstances will we do that. I said, all right. And I had the order done, signed. On Monday morning, this was a Thursday. I said, on Monday morning, 25% tariff. When all cars, you know, they stole 32% of our automobile making business. I said, 25% tariff on all cars coming into the United States. And they said, uh, we would uh, be greatly honored to provide the soldiers for you. So we had 28,000 soldiers in a period of about two days. I was impressed. I didn't know they could mobilize so quickly. The next time a Republican president has the chance, we must once again make it an urgent national security priority to crush the cartels, show them no mercy, and to end their reign of terror once and for all. Or we're not going to have a country either. Here in the United States, you know, they spend all their time on nonsense, the FBI, on horrible things, and raiding Mar-a-Lago. Let's, let's raid Mar-a-Lago, but leave the cartels alone. How about that? Think, think of this. I'm just thinking as I'm speaking. You don't mind if I go a little off script? No, but think. They raided Mar-a-Lago, but the cartels, they, they have their own Mar-a-Lagos, and those are fine. Leave them alone. Let them continue to destroy our country. Think how sick it is. Think how sick it is what's happening in this country. We're a country of investigations. We don't talk about greatness anymore. Everybody gets investigated. So all they do is investigate. And it's very much a one-way street. I never liked it because I thought it was very bad for the country. But honestly, ultimately, it comes on the other side. It comes on the other side. People say, gee, we remember. It's terrible. But these cartels, nothing's happening to them. 
but they go after politicians. They go after people that are fighting like hell on the vote. They don't do the people that defrauded on the vote. They do the people that question and show proof that there was a fraudulent election. Those people are persecuted, but the people that stole the votes are left alone. You look at Philadelphia, you look at Detroit, you look at Atlanta, you look at these cities that were so corrupt, nothing happens. But the people that question the corruption, they get investigated and go through hell and they try and ruin their lives. Here in the United States, we must also impose the most severe penalties for drug dealers who during the course of their lives, I don't know if you know this, will kill an average of 500 American citizens, anybody but American citizens in this case. Think of it, a drug dealer, an average drug dealer will kill 500 people during the course of his life by selling drugs. And that doesn't mention also the fact that so many families are being destroyed. I just tell this one quick story. You hear it at the rallies, but it's uh, such a, uh, I think it's such a great story because I got to be very friendly with President Xi and a lot of them. I give you an example. Putin, where it would have never happened, you would never have Russia right now in Ukraine. You would never in a million years, it wouldn't be there. So sad when I see all these people being killed, it's got to, it's got to stop. They've got to negotiate a deal, but it's got to stop, but it would have never happened. But I was with President Xi of China, very powerful man, very strong person, very smart. You know, when I call him smart, the press says he called him smart. Well, he kids 1.5 billion people with an iron fist. I guess he's smart, right? Maybe more than smart, Linda, right? But uh, they get very upset when I say that people are smart. But he is, and I was with him, and I said to him, perhaps in his opinion, somewhat naively, President, President, do you have a drug problem in China? No. He looks at me like, what kind of a stupid question is that? Of course, <laughs> 1.5 billion people, do you ever know? No, well, why do you ask? Well, I was just curious, we have a drug problem, partially caused, as you know, by China. They have a drug problem, they make drugs for the United States, okay, that's their drug. I said, don't do that anymore. But I said, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. He said, uh, what do you attribute that to? Quick trial. And he said, okay, tell me, what's a quick trial? If somebody is caught in China selling drugs, he is given a trial quickly. And if guilty, they are immediately executed. And drug dealers decide that they don't want to sell drugs because China's had massive problems over the centuries with drugs, with the opium, you know. And they were taken over by weak nations in some cases because everybody was drugged out. They saw what happened. So they give the death penalty, and I'm calling for the death penalty for drug dealers and human traffickers, and you're going to stop crime in this country at a level, at a level that nobody will believe. Crime will go down, in my opinion, over 80% in one day if it's a meaningful death penalty. You know, now we have blue ribbon committees composed of Pam Bondi, Linda McMahon, and other people that are very good, and then some people that aren't very good, some people, socialites, lots of people, people that are doing it because they want to get the name of the paper with these people back there. But uh, it's, uh, they don't care. It's just, there's nothing you can do. The only thing that's going to stop it, there's only one thing that's going to stop it, the death penalty. If somebody is selling drugs in a meaningful way, but selling drugs, they get the death penalty. And as President Xi said, they've decided they won't sell drugs in China. Same in Singapore. Singapore, very rich, but they have a very strong death penalty for drug dealers. And they, uh, they don't, nobody sells drugs. 
They go someplace else like the United States where you don't even get put in prison. Nothing happens. With the help of countless Hispanic conservatives joining in our movement, we will restore the rule of law. We will restore the values of God and family and country, which is what we all want. One of the first things that we must do when we have Congress and the White House is to stand up for parents' rights. Can you imagine, I'm saying this, can you imagine 10 or 15 years ago, 20, say we have to stand up for parents' rights? I mean, parents' rights are under attack. But can you imagine, you, I guess I'm a politician, you know, I'm supposed to be like, I don't consider myself a politician. Maybe it's the reason I've done well in politics. I don't know, but, <laughs> but I don't consider. But think of it. I'm standing up for parents' rights. You'd think that like parents' rights are automatic, right? But that's what we have to do. The radical left, Marxist educators, and they're all over the place. It's shocking. Where do these people come from? Have no right to raise your children or to push their perverse racial and sexual and political material into their faces and put it onto our youth. We will not let these lunatics destroy the American family. We will not let it happen. And I had it largely stopped. I had it stopped. I had it stopped in the military. I had it stopped in the military. First day they came back, they reinstituted. We fired all these people. Some of them were making $400,000 a year to teach stuff to our military that was so bad. Uh, we, we were teaching fighting. We were teaching how to fight, how to win wars. That's what our military wants. At long last, every parent in America must be empowered to opt out of the insanity of sending their child to, and you have to do, you have to, you have to be allowed to get your child to go to, because it's insane what they're doing right now, to public, private, charter, religious, home schools of their choice, the word being choice, choice is very important in education, because what they're doing now is insane. We will also keep men the hell out of women's sports. I tell it all the time, the swimmer whose records are broken by 38 seconds, you know, wanted to break it by an eighth of a second. The weightlifter who gets wiped out by somebody that hasn't really lifted too much. And uh, so I, it's actually very demeaning to women, if you want to know. I mean, one thing I will say, they have records that will not soon be broken. You know, when, in the case of the swimmer, I think it was one eighth of a second, looking to gain one eighth of a second after years of working one-eighth, and this a person, and they say, in, in a man's body. That's what they use that term. I said, are you allowed to use that term? They said, yeah, that term is acceptable. That's strange. It'll be wiped out pretty soon, so I'll say it quickly, in a man's body. But this person in a man's body uh, broke the record by 38 seconds. I don't think, Linda McMahon, that one will be broken too fast, right, by women. But no teacher should ever be allowed to teach transgender to our children without parental consent. No, nobody has to have parental consent. And we will totally oppose the Biden administration, this, this administration, the Biden administration's sick plan to require mandatory counseling for children who don't use the preferred pronouns, transgender classmates. Most people don't even know what that means. Uh, and it's crazy. Forced indoctrination is not just an outrage. It's a violation of our dignity and our rights. And the Hispanic community has been against that before it started. You have been, you are the easiest group to 
talk about this subject too. And I don't want to waste a lot of time on it because you're convinced. You're already convinced. You can't let it happen to our children. As we defend our values at home, we must also defend them on the world stage. As president, I was proud to end the Obama-Biden administration's sellout to the Castro regime and cruel betrayal of the Cuban people. And I was greatly honored to be given the Bay of Pigs Award. Did anyone know that? I received the Bay of Pigs Award. That was a great honor, actually. That's right, right? Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. You're looking well? Good. Thank you. That was a great honor, actually, for me. And I just did what should be done. It was, you know, I didn't do it to get the award. It was a, an honor, but I did what should be done. And we had them in a position where they were ready to make anything, any deal, freedom, whatever it was going to take. And now they've been empowered again. So has Venezuela been empowered again. I vowed not to lift sanctions until all political prisoners were freed, freedoms of assembly and expression were respected, all political parties were legalized and free elections were scheduled. I said, I'm not lifting them. And everyone said, oh, you've got to lift them. You've got to lift them. As soon as they got in, they lifted everything. They're now back to square one. It's horrible. The Biden administration has completely abandoned the people of Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and that's why we did so well in this area. I mean, Venezuela, Doral, which I own, is, uh, they call it Little Venezuela. It's the greatest community, the safest community. What a location. They eased sanctions. They stayed silent. It's brave protesters risked their lives in Cuba. They did nothing as Catholic clergy were jailed in Nicaragua. They were jailed, many, many of them. And just days ago, Biden traded two narco-terrorists, the nephew of Venezuelan dictator Maduro, for five oil executives charged with corruption, a deal that we could have made any time we wanted. When we get the right leader back in the White House, we must immediately return to the policy of maximum pressure on these very sinister regimes. <laughs> have no choice. And everyone in this room, because you know the situation, we were knocking on the door. It was going to happen very quickly. They, they couldn't have held out any longer. Now, what's, uh, what's been given back is so incredible. It's been just so sad to see it. But we were knocking on the door. Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua. There's so much for our movement to do to save America, the America we love. We need to rapidly expand domestic oil and gas production to restore energy independence immediately, immediately, just like we had two years ago. That'll also help end the war with Russia going into Ukraine. Instead of Biden begging for oil from Maduro, we should be producing it right here in the USA. We should be drilling and bringing it out, bringing it over to Europe. We should be bringing it to Europe, oil and gas. They need it badly. They're going to have a rough winter. You know that. We have to abolish all COVID mandates and lockdowns and rehire every patriot who was fired from the military with an apology and full back pay. Right? We should once again require able-bodied single adults to go to work or train for a job in order to receive welfare and other benefits. You get welfare, you work. They're able-bodied. They have to work. Because we're becoming a nation of welfare right now. If you look at what's happening, it's incredible. It's incredible. A lot of people aren't looking for jobs right now because they make more if they don't work.
We need to root out the corruption in our politics and the media. Our media is extremely corrupt. These are corrupt people. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And the federal government, and we need to stop the weaponization of federal law enforcement, which goes down to the states, down to the state attorney generals and to the district attorneys. And a lot of it comes out of Washington. We have it in New York with a totally corrupt, horrible human being who campaigned. I will get Trump. I will get Trump. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know yet, but I'm going to when I get in there, I'm going to find out. It's a disgrace. Pam is sitting here shaking your head. It's a disgrace. And everyone knows it, too. It's just a disgrace. And uh, let's see what happens. But people campaign. We're going to get Trump. What did he do wrong? I don't know, but we'll find something. <laughs> and I did such a good job. We're adding up now. I said, add it up. The hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes that I paid over the years in New York City. And it's so sad to see what's happened to New York. And we have an attorney general that's just terrible. No cash bail, no cash bail, doesn't care about crime. I don't think she cares about crime. We have the murder record. We have the rape record. We have every record you can have. And she doesn't even think about it. Letitia James, she's just done such a disservice. And people are fleeing. They are fleeing New York. They're fleeing New York State. Oh, and that's all over the state, not just New York City. They're fleeing New York State because of crime. And she does nothing about it. Although she did get Cuomo to resign. <laughs> Very interestingly, a lot of people are angry about that, though. You know? People liked Cuomo, some people, and I think they'll probably be voting against her too, but she is, she ran for governor. And she was doing all this because she wanted to be governor. The only problem was when she ran, she didn't poll. She was at about 2%. She had no poll numbers. And uh, she's just a disaster for the state, but you have people like that and they're destroying our country. We have to stand up for religious liberty, which is under siege and in particular for Catholics, you know that. And we need to restore, truly, in particular, we need to restore fair and honest elections, starting with banning unsecured drop boxes and private funding of elections. And finally, voter ID. We have to get voter ID. They don't want voter ID. and They don't want to have any form of check, like, are you a citizen of the country? You can't do that. Can you imagine? Now, there's only one reason they don't want that, those things, it's because they want to cheat, and that's what they do. They cheat, and they cheat incredibly well. The goal should be same-day voting with only paper ballots. It's a very simple goal. France just had an election. 36 million people voted. By 11 o'clock in the evening, the election ended, and there were no disputes. It's really very nice. And if there were, they go back and they recount the paper ballots. But we do things that are just so horrible, and we do them. It's the Republicans get duped, people like Mitch McConnell. They get duped. Together we will stop America's decline and we will save our great American dream. We have to save the American dream. For the world, we have to save the American dream because the world is laughing at us and they're looking at us with ridicule. Unlike the radical left, our movement is not based on selfishly thinking only about ourselves and about the short term. Our movement is about life and legacy and the country that we want to pass on to our, our great-grandchildren and all of, all of future generations, our country is in trouble. We never forget that everything America is and all that we cherish was passed down to us by parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who worked and struggled and sweated 
and sacrificed for our future and for our freedom. These are people that we love so dearly and we look up and we say, I'm sorry, what happened to our country? What happened? They wouldn't recognize our country. That is the story of America and that's the story of Hispanic communities all across the land from New York to Los Angeles, from Phoenix to Philadelphia, from Houston to right here in Miami. I love Miami. Our ancestors gave everything they had so that we could live in the most dynamic, exciting, and majestic nation in all of history. We will not let anyone take that nation away from us. We're not going to let this nation go. We will not let socialism or communism, we will not let socialism or communism rule our nation, take over our nation and destroy our country. We will not allow America to be destroyed. The silent majority is back and stronger than ever before. I believe that. Two years ago, we were a great nation. And soon, with the help of millions of Hispanic American patriots across this country, we will be a great nation again. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. He baited him. He baited him. He trolled him. He trolled him. He baited him. He baited him. I wish I was that smart. I wish I was that yeah, smart. That's, that's the Trump dimension. Trump dimension. That's the Trump dimension. That's Trump dimension. question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Stop MAGA! MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. Stop make America great again. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Stop MAGA! There's no place for political violence. Stop make America great again. Period. None. Ever. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic, this nation. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backward. But it and now America must choose to move forward or to move backward. We can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. No matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, I made a bet on you and they're paying off. I believe America's at an inflection point. That's a lot of fake news. Whoa. I will not stand by and watch. I will not. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be pro-insurrectionists. Uh, 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 pro pro, pro, pro Stop 
Republicans do not respect the Constitution. Stop make America great again. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Stop madness. There's no place for political violence. Stop make America great again. Period. None. Ever. Yeah. Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech. Our country's going to hell. I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make the speech of hatred. I do like the red light and behind him like the devil. Our country is going to hell. Biden thinks making America great again is bad for our country. comes a big change because all of a sudden Trump the Russian possible collusion Russian Russian collusion Trump Russian possible collusion Trump Russian possible collusion Trump the Russians collusion collusion with the Russians Trump Russia possible collusion Trump Russia possible collusion prove collusion prove collusion was there collusion absolutely 
Russia, possible collusion. Trump, 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 Russia, potential collusion. Trump, Russia, potential collusion. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion. And Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin are very worried. In collusion. This president, this president, in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion. This president, this president, in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin are very worried. In collusion. All 17 intelligence agencies. 17 agencies. 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed. of our intelligence agencies. 17 intelligence agencies. 17 different United States intelligence agencies. All 17 of them. Story after 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 story. I love I told him, I said, I want it. We had Hillary Clinton. What the hell is she doing? I want, but, but. Story after 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 story I won, but the story after story after story after story but the story after story after story Stupid story after story after story after story of the story after story after story after story. Oh, the story after story after story after story after story after story after story. Oh, the story after story after story. Stupid story after story after story after story. Oh, the story after story after story. Trump. The story, the story, Donald Trump. The story, the story, the story, Trump. The story, the story, the story, Donald Trump. I turn on the TV, open the newspapers, and I see stories of Trump. America is a land of heroes. A place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, 
raised up the skyscrapers. Our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history, and we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we change history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. so tired of winning you're going to say mr president please 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 it's, it's too, too much, much winning please. we can't take it anymore mr president you're winning too much and i'm going to say i don't give a damn we're going to keep winning a hundred percent we're going to keep go first we're going to make america great again make america great again make america great again make america great again i'm sorry
the ramp was probably 10 yards long. Now, uh, this question is on uh, COVID. I think you're going to have a big surprise, a beautiful surprise, sooner than anybody would think. Uh, but the answer is... Uh, I win! that said. Linda. Hi, Linda. I have a question for you. What do you think is your greatest accomplishment in your eyes? American people that two large steps constitutes a run? and chauvinists and sexists and misogynists 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 and chauvinists Chauvinists and sexists and misogynists and chauvinists and sexists and sexists and chauvinists and sexists and misogynists and chauvinists and sexists and sexists and chauvinists and sexists and misogynists and chauvinists and sexists and sexists and chauvinists and sexists and misog
I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France. I wouldn't go to France. Because France is no longer France. France is no longer France. I wouldn't go to France.
gentlemen how are you doing tonight i hope you are doing well and welcome to another edition of c in the dark i am your host mr c and i hope you guys are ready to get it in the dark now i know a lot of you guys are probably wondering what the heck is going on here 
If you're paying attention over at the foxhole.app or pill.net, you might recognize from such members as Rail Anon that Sea in the Dark is starting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'll tell you what's going on, guys. I know there's got to be a lot of confusion happening now. What is going on? We were just delivering unto you all the Sea Report. We had President Trump speaking to us all. We had Mr. C speaking to everybody. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to keep on going for the next who knows how long. But welcome to See in the Dark. You know, actually what's going on here is, you know, we have, um, for example, tonight's Thursday night here at Mr. CTV. And... Um, we started to uh, broadcast a brand new show called What? The Pressure Valve with Java Cosmic. Uh, Java will not be us, with us tonight because he is traveling around these United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. But what I wanted to do was to bring to the audience that is joining us at Foxhole Pills Rumble. <laughs> Thank you for that cookie, Relanon. Trovo, Odyssey, DLive. You know, I just wanted to welcome you all to the show tonight. Now, rest assured, guys, this is Sea in the Dark, okay? Now, I don't know how it's going to break up in the end, if I'm being honest with you all, because we have the podcast version, we have other versions of these shows and these broadcasts going out across multiple platforms, etc., including quicks, you know, you know, I might be dressed to the nines at the moment, but this is a very casual moment for you all. You know, I was working with the quicks application all day today and uh, hoping to get it going for them soon. It's it. I mean, it's to me, it's pretty rock and badass, but I really need you guys to see what it's all about. And I hope to deliver that to you guys. But, you know, for the time being, this Sea in the Dark with Mr. C at the conclusion of the Sea Report and like what? We listened to President Trump speaking for about an hour's time over at the America First Policy Institute's uh, Spanish Heritage Moment, right? Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm also kind of like, you know, promoting Sea in the Dark because not a lot of individuals here at Mr. CTV who subscribe to this channel. Like, you know, for example, over at Rumble, we are growing over at Rumble. Like every day we're getting more subscriptions. It's, it's organic. It's like one every other day or one every other week. And that's pretty cool to me. I mean, I'm super stoked that individuals would even be interested in following or subscribing and possibly listening to anything I have to say for a week or two than at all ever in their life, not having to. 
So, you know, that's what's going on over at Rumble. It's very organic. We don't do the 10,000 followers, all of a sudden the 500 followers, all of a sudden the 1,000 followers, all of a sudden, no. That's not Mr. CTV. We do it very organic over here. We're in the dark right now. We're in the dark right now. You know, Railanon could probably point out how my blazer and suit and tie are glowing. In fact, my um my flag here, my old glory in its regalia, upside down distress. <laughs> Thank you again, Relanon, for your cookie support. I much appreciate it. Sir. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to address my pilled.net slash the foxhole.app brethren. Severe Anon. I think Severe Anon's doing a really good job portraying that... Um, you know, Hunter S. Thompson look. Uh, Severe Anon, GoBro, Average Joe Patriot, love that man and his bro. Great people to know. The shit show, I don't know about them. As long as they're not snoring, I'm all for it. The speak uneasy brother, my man. Is there any other my man that's a brother? Oh, there's due diligence. Do your due diligence, ladies and gentlemen, and listen to some insight with Gino and some bitch I know. Can tell you all about some table of titans that result in a deaf mic jam with Montana Friedman at Mr. C's show. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. What was even the point? Uh, to promote See in the Dark, our... Saturday, Friday, Sunday, our evening weekend show here at Mr. CTV. What on earth could be brought to your tent that could otherwise be deemed as necessary as showing or sharing with you at these most auspicious of hours, otherwise known as the after-hour host parties of the Sea Report with Mr. C and the debacle of debauchery not known otherwise. Well, we can talk about it now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right to it. There's nothing to it but to do it. That is, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, my fair ladies and gentlemen, let me see what's going on here. Hold on. Hold on to yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to yourself. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Welcome to See in the Dark. I am your host, Mr. C. Okay, so it seems that there is a point to this incest, recess, there is a process 
ladies and gentlemen, that is apparent here. You might not have known about it, but... Here it is. What is that? What is this that Mr. C presents before thine eyes? If that is not the picture of one watermelon head. Why is the photograph of a watermelon head so important to us at this time of night? on this type of program, otherwise known as a live streaming broadcast. Watermelon Head. Watermelon Head, Adam Shifty Shift, taking pictures with who? Who is Watermelon Head taking a picture with? Who are these people? Who are they? Look at them. Look at them. Be so proud in this photograph. Adam Shifty Shift Watermelon Head. Have you guessed it yet? Have you found it out? Could it be possible that none other than Watermelon Head Adam Shifty Shift is taking photographic images with much pride and much valor. Images with neo-Nazis who might have proliferated from their pontificating ancestors who created future Nazis from their Banderite histories. Adam Shift, Watermelon Head, taking a photographic photo with such lesbians. I present unto you again the neo-Nazi lesbian soldiers that Adam Shift so proudly takes photographs with. What do you say, ladies and gentlemen? As we speak, speak, speak here at C in the Dark, I am your host, Mr. C. Here's an article from the Gateway Pundit. Lying Adam Schiff prosecutes America-loving January 6th protesters at the false flag United States Capitol riot as fascists, then turns around and meets with real neo-Nazis at the United States Capitol. How does that sound for you on a Thursday night at Sea in the Dark, ladies and gentlemen? Where do you think you are? There's Adam Shift. Adam Shifty Shift, watermelon head, tan pants himself, taking a photograph with these 1940s banderite. Leaving 
children. What do you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think about that? You've got these neo-Nazis in the halls of, is it the White House? Is it the Capitol? Where are these miscreants taking their photographic pictures at? I would like to know. I don't know. Maybe this article will tell us. Welcome to See in the Dark. We're going to explore some darkened corners this evening. Stay tuned, honey bunch, or log out. I don't give a damn either way. Look at this watermelon head. Look at him. Look at him meeting with these neo-Nazi Ukrainian force soldiers. And I'm supposed to accept that as if though it were to be okay? What about this? Now it seems we've got an argument between Elon Musk and Lindsey Graham over these Banderite Nazis. It just gets worse and worse, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at this article from the Gateway Pundit over Lindsey Graham and Elon Musk. Okay. Because we already have Adam Shifty Shift taking pictures with these lesbian, freaking neo-Nazi Ukrainian Banderite soldiers in the, uh, what, hallowed hallways of whatever it is. We consider sacred. But now we have to deal with this. You know, Elon Musk is constantly trying to be the good guy here. But could he ever know? He is, after all, a transhumanist. Don't forget that. People would much rather that he is a transhumanist than I point that out to you in the long run of things. Never forget it. Someone here never lied to you. But Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham? He will threaten Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk wants to de-escalate the conflict. But Lindsey Graham wants to conflate the conflict. On Monday, Elon Musk posted a tweet urging a de-escalation in the Russia special military operation. Musk feared any escalation would cause great harm to not only Ukraine, but the world. 
Here's what Elon Musk had to say. I am still very much in support of Ukraine, obviously, with all of your Starlink bullshit, Elon Musk. He said, but I am convinced that massive escalation of the war will cause great harm to Ukraine and possibly the world. Elon Musk also posted on the end game in the war in response to his question. Elon Musk was slammed by his pro-war critics. The worst reaction came from Ukrainian ambassador to Germany who made it personal. He said, fuck off, Elon Musk. That's Andrzej Melianik who said that. Andrzej Milianik said fuck off, not Mr. C. Mr. C did not say fuck off, but Andrzej Milianik did say fuck off, Elon Musk. Elon Musk replied, Ukraine-Russian peace, redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is is will of the people. What? Elon Musk? Elon Musk, wait. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you're trying to say that you want there to be a redo of the elections in the annexed regions? Are we talking about Crimea? Are we talking about Kherson, Zaporizhia, Donetsk, Luhansk? Is that what you're talking about, Elon Musk? And then you're saying... Russia will leave if that is the will of the people? Uh, wait, 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 wait. I don't understand this, Elon Musk, because as far as I'm concerned, Russia and Ukraine and the Kherson and the Zaporizhia region and the Donbass region had their referendums and they decided to fuck Zelensky. And they said, fuck Ukraine. That's what I understand happened, Elon Musk, and anyone else concerned in that tweet. And here Elon Musk is calling for a redo of the Kherson, Zaporizhia, Donbass regions when they already said, fuck you, Zelensky, fuck you, Ukraine. We don't want to be with you. We want to go back to Russia. And fuck everyone else out there who says that they think they know better than we do when these are the four regions in Ukraine, the eastern region of Ukraine, who have already declared and have already basically capitulated to their own desires. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, why is this even a cause for a discussion? This should not even be a discussion. You should not be having a discussion with me over what these regions in Ukraine did. They had the referendum. They decided that's what they wanted to do. And just because I'm using the F word, that's become some type of a cause for a conversation. Grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up. You know, there is so much going on in this world right now. I think that if these four regions that just held a referendum have decided to tell President Volodymyr Zelensky to fuck the fuck off, it's their prerogative.
It's their prerogative. You're listening to C in the Dark. Welcome. I am Mr. C. Now, what else is going to go on here, guys? What else do we need to know about? What else needs to be clarified other than the fact that uh, you have an entire third of a nation who is now decided on a vote to become part of the Russian Federation. And then you have what? Ukraine and the deep state globalist henchmen deciding to do some type of offensive that the Western media is promoting, but it really doesn't even seem to be that, guys, if you think about it. You have the Western-backed media promoting this offensive into the Kherson region of Ukraine. That would be the very region that just voted almost unanimously to return to Russia in a referendum against the Ukrainian government of genocidal, homicidal maniacs. The Kherson region deciding they don't want to be part of the freaking Ukrainian government and all their Banderite neo-Nazi influencer and um, elected selected officials. What then, ladies and gentlemen? Where does that leave us? You know what I mean? Like, where does that leave us? Honestly, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're like, oh, oh, people who take sides against Ukraine are what? What am I? What am I? A traitor to the nation because I'm not siding with Ukraine? Because Ukraine's so corrupt? Because there's so much corruption going on in that nation that they want American patriots to take sides with Ukraine? Are you crazy? Are you absinine? Who would ask anyone from these United States of America to take sides with anyone from Ukraine? Really? <clears throat> You'd have to really be scraping the bottom of a pit in order for people to believe that, wouldn't you? That's what I would think anyways, but... This entire situation, ladies and gentlemen, lends itself to a much broader conversation. It is a conversation I believe is worth having, and it is a conversation that takes place on weekends at times. Over at Sea in the Dark, over at Mr. C TV. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you never know what you're going to get, but even on likes. Night to tonight, here over at Mr. CTV, as we talk about these individuals that just want to blame everything on Putin, including the Patriots. Those ones exist as well. They're just as bad as the rhinos, these assholes who can't seem to unite around the facts that John Bolton is a neocon. 
who's seeking regime change in Russia just to make the what? Conservative Republican plight look good. What is the fight here, guys? What do you want? What do you want? You want the what? Trump, make America great again. Save America. Republicans. To what? Side with John Bolton? To declare Putin and Russia the enemy state? Is that what's going on here? True the vote? What? What? Who are you supporting? Is true the vote supporting a neocon John Bolton war hawk regime-like agenda on Russia? Is that what you're supporting, true the vote? I'm just asking for a friend. What's going on here? Is that what's up? Is that what's going on? We need to have enemies with Russia? Is that what you think? I'm asking for a friend here at Sea in the Dark with Mr. C TV and the Sea Report with Mr. C as your host on this October 6th, 2022 evening. It's just a question that I think everyone deserves to have answered. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where, in spite of the fact that John Bolton just declared regime change on Putin, where we will leave that. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Tune in to See in the Dark Friday, Saturday, Sunday at midnight over here at Mr. CTV. If you'd like to know more about this story. And if not, the Sea Report returns tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Take care. Until then, my beauties. out the political truth apparel line Kofefe Rhino hunting season Secretary of Snakes and more to come fun fashionable edgy occasional go to Mr. C online store at www.thecreport.com Click on the top right menu, use coupon code 1776REBORN, 
at checkout.